Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello there, and welcome to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. My name is Movie Mike, and I have a great episode for you guys this week, where we are talking about movies that are overrated. I saw this list on Reddit, and I was just kind of like taken back by some of the movies that made this list, because a lot of them are movies that I love, and I'm like, I have to defend these movies when people say they are overrated. So I'm bringing in my older brother on this episode, and we're going to debate some of these. We have an entire list that we're going to go through and determine whether or not these movies are overrated. And they're all really big movies. And they're all really big movies that you may or may not agree with. So we'll get into that. And also, it's October now, so I'm trying to get into the Halloween spirit with some horror movies. So I'm reviewing a movie called Hashtag Alive which came out this year on Netflix. It's a movie from South Korea, which the last movie I watched from South Korea, Parasite, I loved. So I'll find out whether or not this one lives to the buzz I saw online about it. And then I want to talk about my favorite movie trailer for the week, which it was announced that Borat 2 is coming straight to Amazon. We'll take a look at that. Got a lot to talk about on this episode, so let's waste no time and get right into it. Let's get started. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast. One man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. All right, so today we are talking about movies that are overrated, and I decided to bring in my brother Rudy in to discuss these with me. How's it going, Rudy? Hey, it's going good. So I brought you in, one, because you're my brother, two, because we're both big movie fans, and I think how a lot of my, I guess, love for movies, I owe it a lot to you. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, that's not fair. <laughs> I remember we had Netflix before it was the streaming service where we would get the DVD in the mail. And that was like, what, 10, 15 years ago now? Yeah. And you remember how many movies we watched during that period? Yeah, we would always get the maximum amount of movies that we could get in. And then we would immediately watch them and then send them back and get more. Yeah, because I, th- I think it was you could only have, <laughs> what, one out at a time? Uh, 
I don't really remember. I remember us having maybe two or three at a time. Maybe that was it. We had like two or three at a time, but we would make it to where we would plot out our week so we could watch every movie as fast as we could and maximize the amount of DVDs we could rent from Netflix. Also, it helped. We lived in a small town where there wasn't much to do. So, you know, watch the movies. Another thing I've kind of realized while doing this podcast is we didn't go to the movies a lot as a kid. And I realized that like... Is, I guess kids now, that's a, I mean, now the movie theaters aren't really going right now, but that was kind of a big thing of like, oh, families going out to the movies like all the time. Like we never went to the movies, right? Yeah, very rarely. I, I remember going as a little kid and that was after, you know, really begging our parents to take us. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we just never really went out to the movies. It costs money, you know? But now we watch movies all the time and I wanted to bring you on because I think we could debate some of these of movies that people think are overrated. Now, setting up the idea behind an overrated movie, just because a movie is overrated, I don't think that means it's a bad movie. What it means is that there was high expectations going into these movies and whether or not they lived up to them. So some of these on the list, I don't think necessarily that they're bad movies, but when you go into it expecting to see the greatest thing ever or just something that somebody's built up so much, you have to determine whether or not it was really worth it or lived up to the hype. So I don't think anything we're going to discuss here is a bad movie by any means, but we just yeah. want to say whether or not we went into it like, okay, that lived up to the hype or you know what? It was a little boring or there just wasn't anything to that movie or it was like maybe a rip off of another movie. So we good with also, that? Yeah. 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 Also it's kind of crazy because sometimes whenever movies get overhyped like that, it's because there's an actor or actress who doesn't, you know, they're maybe playing a different character than they normally do, or, you know, the movie's like a different vibe from what, the, you know, a different kind of, from what the kind of movie they're normally in. Yeah. And so then that gets overhyped, or like a pop star is in a certain movie, oh, it's their acting debut, yeah. or this movie's going to be crap, and yeah, it's, that's how it goes. And then not only that, but if a movie is good, it's going to build hype when it first comes out. And it could almost create a hype that's just so big to live up to, to where you're going expecting to see something crazy and then it's still good. But the fact that your friends are telling you, oh, this is going to be the best movie you've ever seen. It's never going to live up to that hype. So <laughs> it could it could be that way, too. And I think this first one kind of falls into that category. And the first one we want to talk about is A Star is Born. Now, this is yeah. like the fourth time they remade this movie and they kind of didn't let a lot of people know that at the beginning. Like, they didn't pitch it as a remake or say like, oh, this is a a story or movie that's already been done, unless you kind of knew going into it, they kind of yeah. sold it as like, okay, it's now Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper doing this movie. And I liked A Star is Born. What did you think about it? Uh, I mean, I thought it was entertaining enough, but I didn't I didn't like it and I didn't hate it. I, I watched it. That's it. Yeah, I felt it was, I enjoyed it. There was nothing about it that unless people talked about it so much, and I guess if the fact that it wasn't Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga... I wouldn't have even really recommended it to other people. Like, it's a good movie. Like, there's some good music in it. Um, I think the acting is okay, but I didn't. Yeah. I think it's a little bit overhyped. Oh yeah, totally. I think they were kind of uh, trying to ride the wave of like, oh, a star is born. We're redoing it this time with Lady Gaga and yeah. Bradley Cooper's directing. It's gonna be awesome. And <laughs> uh, not really. And I think a lot of people got invested in them too. It's like, oh, they did this movie together and now maybe they're a couple. And there was a lot of to that storyline. But aside from like Shallow and uh, there's a song on there, Maybe It's Time. Like I like those two songs. But other than that, I thought the music was okay. 
Yeah, the music was cool. But uh, yeah, I think Star is Born will say it's overhyped. Cool? Yeah, cool. Another one I saw a lot of people, I put this question on Twitter, and I was surprised about this one, but a lot of people think that the original Star Wars are overhyped. Now, those are my favorite ones out of all of them, so I, I can't buy into this, but what do you think about that? Um, I went the longest time without watching Star Wars. I didn't watch, I didn't watch any of the Star Wars movies until about six years ago. And, yeah, I thought it was totally overhyped. Really? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only one I didn't think was overhyped was, uh, was it the second one, Empire? Yeah. Where, uh, where they introduced Yoda. Like, Yoda's awesome. Okay. And, yeah, Yoda made that movie for me. And, but yeah, A New Hope, I thought it was boring as hell. You didn't like A New Hope? (laughs) Nope. A New, that's my favorite one. (laughs) No, not me. See, here's what I think about the Star Wars movies is when they came out in the 70s, they were groundbreaking and watching them back now you see you like they seemed like they're old movies but for that time when those movies came out like all the special effects all like the robotics and everything was so cutting edge and, and looked different like any other movie out at that time i still think it yeah. holds up over time but and, and i i really appreciate that too like i really appreciate everything that went into that movie the special effects and like you know whatever it was at the time. Like, I get that. Like, that's, you know, okay, that's cool. But overall, I just thought the movie was really boring. Wow. I, I don't know. There was something <laughs> about that first one that I just connected with the characters. I like that it focused a lot on, like, R2-D2. Like, he doesn't really have a role in, like, the newer ones that came out. And I really yeah. like their story and just kind of learning how all that came to be. Because I was like you, too. I didn't watch those movies until I started watching the remakes that came out in theaters. I went back and watched those originals. And I was like, okay, I get it now. And I really enjoy those. And I just don't think they're overhyped. So I'm, I'm not with you on this one. <laughs> you, know what's, uh, you know what's better than all the Star Wars movies? And I don't think any of these movies are overhyped. Which ones? Uh, the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, that's also on the list. I think those are overhyped. I'm going to get you on those. Not even a little bit. I think, I, I think those movies are not hyped enough. I think, yes, those movies are awesome. But... Okay, if you were to convince somebody to go and watch, there's three of them, right? Uh, yeah. And that's probably, what, a nine-hour, ten-hour commitment? Yeah. What about those movies makes them not overhyped? Because I would say that they are. Same thing with the Lord of the Rings movies. I didn't watch them until about four or five years ago. And I watched them, and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And, yeah, and I've seen the Star Wars movies not too long before these. And I was like, yo, Lord of the Rings blows all the Star Wars movies out of the water. It's just amazing. They, they only use, you know, CGI whenever they really have to. Mm-hmm. And also they have the practical effects. The acting is awesome. It's just cool. I felt they were really boring and drawn out. And there was nothing that really appealed to me about those movies. And I don't know. I feel like the whole movies are just them walking. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that, uh that whole argument before where it's just them walking. But it, I guess it's all like the little things that happen along the way that, uh, I don't know, made me really like it. Um, also, you know, all the the memes and the, you know, all the Lord of the Rings memes and stuff, whenever you watch it in the movie, because I watched the movies late, whenever I watched them, I was like, oh, that's that meme. <laughs> Which just made me enjoy it even more. So, yeah, I don't know. 
All right. So Lord of the Rings, you like it. I don't like it. I say it's overhyped. We'll go on now to <laughs> Titanic, which was probably the biggest movie of the 90s and really the biggest movie for a while as far as box office numbers. Um, how old were you when this movie came out? Um, I was in eighth grade. So I think I was about 12, 13 maybe. I remember a little bit when it was like in theater, just like seeing commercials for it. But it was more so when it was actually out on VHS. And the thing that stuck out about Titanic was it was on two VHS tapes. And I was like, whoa, how long is that movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you knew this was like going to be the real deal. Whenever you saw the two VHS tapes, you're like, whoa, all right. I'm about, to, I'm about to get in on this one. But <laughs> again, I think probably the most overhyped movie of all time is Titanic. All right. Okay. Because... Okay, I I get the fact that it's very cinematic. It's a very just big Hollywood blockbuster movie. And I just don't think there's much of a real story there aside from like the actual like what happens at the end. That's all everybody really talks about is like Jack and Rose at the end. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a good love story and I I haven't really, I guess I haven't really seen Titanic since I initially saw it. So I don't know maybe I Maybe subconsciously, I do think it's overrated. Cause I never went back to watch it. Yeah, I mean, is it that yeah. great of a love story? Uh, not. Re- it's a fun love story, but I guess it's not that great of a love story. I mean, ask uh, ask twelve, thirteen year old Rudy, and he'll be like, "Yeah, definitely. That movie was awesome. It had boobs. <laughs> yeah, five stars." That's what the the big. I remember when it came out. Like that whole scene was like the scene, and. That's the only reason I went. <laughs> yeah, I went with my, my uh, I had I had these two friends in junior high, and it was like this whole plan where like, oh, this movie has boobs, <laughs> and they'll let you in to go see it. Like, anybody can go see it. And, you know, like, what? Okay, go. And my friend's parents dropped us off, you know, and everybody knew this movie had boobs in it, and we went, we watched it, and yeah, for a 13-year-old kid, it was epic. So could it be that that inflated the box office numbers? It was just a lot of teenagers who were trying to see boobs and knew it was in this movie, but it's disguised as a love story, so they go watch Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it appeals to everybody. I guess when it first came out, teenage boys, you know, teenage girls like the love story and, you know, had action. But I don't know, looking back, yeah, maybe it was a bit overrated. Staying with uh, James Cameron, a lot of one movies that I saw on Twitter that people were saying was Avatar and they're about to make like part two is already done for Avatar and I think part three is like 95% done but I don't think anybody asked for those like who really wanted to see another one after the first Avatar I think that's a really highly overrated movie and it's basically the plot of Dances with Wolves like that's pretty much what Avatar is right yeah I've heard that I've never actually I, I started watching Avatar and I, I don't know, I forgot, I never finished it. I forgot what came up, but I never finished it, and I never went back to it. But uh, yeah, I heard the same thing, Dances with Wolves. I mean, that's pretty much all it is. I guess what it was so kind of known for at the time and kind of the reason it was so cutting edge was like the the CGI they used was like the first time they really had like real actors, like with the body suits and the motion capturing, like that was kind of the big thing. So I think that's kind of what he's done with this big movies of like, change the way that actual movies are made and how things look on screen. But as far as like story and his, 
in what he does. I just don't think there's a whole lot there to live up to the hype. Like, yeah, it looks cool. And at that time, like 3D was really popular. So people would go and pay the extra money to watch the movie with the 3D glasses. But I think we're pretty much over that with part two and part <laughs> yeah. three. Like, that's not even a thing anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess, to be fair, I can't really say much about Avatar because I never finished it. Uh, I'll put it on my list, though. Also on that, weren't just 3D movies in general overrated? Uh, no, I don't agree with that. You like I 3D think, movies? Oh, totally. Yeah. You could take a totally mediocre movie and the, the 3D glasses and it being 3D just kind of brings it up a notch, makes it more fun, makes you like it more, I think. But I never really thought they got the 3D down. Like, I remember going to see, I think we saw Up in 3D. And then I think we also saw a, a Marvel movie in 3D that we didn't know we got 3D tickets for. And I didn't yeah. enjoy it. I just felt like they didn't have the technology down right. Well, also because I and you two wear glasses. So it's putting glasses on top of glasses. So I felt like I didn't get really get the full screen when I would watch it. But I didn't feel like the, <laughs> the 3D was that, like... Like eye moving, like like it didn't really work right. Dude, do you remember Jackass 3D? Okay, that was one that maybe got it. Come on, that one was awesome. Okay, but that's a little bit. That was a little bit different because I felt like in all the other like 3D movies, they made them and then after the fact they added in the 3D stuff because there'd be like 3D scenes at the very beginning, but then it was never really a factor throughout the rest of the movie. With Jackass 3D, they went into the intention of making that movie of doing like 3d stuff like they did stuff intentionally with those cameras that was making a 3d movie not just taking a 2d movie and then later adding in those effects yeah but that's a great one right. <laughs> that one lives up to the hype i'm so excited and i can't wait for jackass 4 um i don't yeah. know if they'll get to like start on that soon because of corona but that's gonna be a good one totally Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. 
there's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances. And the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear, and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, another one here. Moving down the list is Napoleon Dynamite. I don't really get... I mean, I guess I can kind of understand why people would think this is overrated, but I don't feel like there's a whole lot of hype going into this one. What I think this one suffers from is that you either get this movie or you don't. Because when it comes to like a kind of obscure comedy, and this is basically a cult film, like you either go in and get this movie or you just don't have anything from it. So I don't think it's necessarily an overhyped movie. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, I don't think it's overhyped. I think uh, I think it's really funny, and I wouldn't put it on you know my top ten list of funniest movies ever or whatever. But eh, it's a good movie. I wouldn't say it's overrated. Wouldn't say it's underrated. Uh, I don't know. I remember liking it, but I guess I just don't have much to say about Napoleon Dynamite. Do you remember when we went to go see this movie? Uh, sort of. Actually, I think. I think maybe you and some of our cousins went to go see that. Oh, no, no, yeah. I think I went to go see Napoleon Dynamite and, like, the rest of our group of friends or family went to go watch, uh, I don't know, some, I think, Harold and Kumar or something. Yeah, I remember because I think we were, like, it might have even been opening weekend for this movie. I think all that happened was we saw a commercial for it and thought it would be funny. And we were, like, the (laughs) only ones who went to go watch it. And they were, like, why are you going to go watch Napoleon Dynamite? But yet, like... A few months after that, it became like the biggest kind of movie in that kind of genre. Yeah. Yeah. I remember liking it, but I didn't love it. I wasn't crazy about it. You know? One you wanted to add to the list was Knives Out. You thought this movie was overrated? Totally. Oh, man. Everybody, social media, friends everywhere were saying, oh, man, Knives Out is so awesome. It's original. It has a fun little twist. It's so good. And I even made it into on. Actually, no, I think I fandangled it. So I, you know, paid the money to see it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, yeah, just totally underwhelmed. Didn't think it was all that. But I didn't think it was much of a twist. And, yeah, everything happened exactly how I thought it was going to happen. So, uh, yeah, it's totally overrated. So you just thought it was predictable. It made you not like it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody overhyped it for me. And, yeah, it didn't live up to the hype. I actually really, I like Knives Out. But I also waited for the the hype to die down because I do remember when it came out, everybody's like, oh, go watch Knives Out. And I gave it a minute until it came out um, to where you could stream it. So I think I kind of had that erased from my memory a little bit. And when I watched it, I liked it. I I thought it like kind of looked different. I don't know. I didn't think it was that predictable. A lot of people said they kind of figured it out within like the first scene. But I don't know. I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I I figured it out pretty quickly. I guess I was just kind of, I don't know overthinking when i went into it which maybe not like it so much but uh i don't know i i still i may go back and watch it i don't know and, I'm, and i may have a different <laughs> view on it but yeah overrated all right a movie i recommended a lot to people last year and i guess maybe i was responsible for overhyping this movie was uncut gems 
I had never been this stressed out in a movie in a while. And I think anytime I get some kind of emotional reaction watching something in theaters to where it physically like alters my body and my state of being, that's a movie I enjoy. So I felt like this movie was a roller coaster. I like seeing Adam Sandler. I don't even say if you would classify it as a more serious role. It's just not what you expect him to be in. And it's him being kind of like a degenerate, like not his stupid comedy stuff that he's normally doing, but it was him in a different kind of, I wouldn't say a more normal role, but just kind of like being a jerk. And I like that. Yeah. But there was just so much about this that it made me like feel something, even though it was kind of like anxious and like apprehensive. But I like the fact that there's something that out there that you could watch and make you feel like that. So that's why I liked it so much. But I think it has the opposite effect on other people to where they don't like being stressed out. What do you think about Uncut Gems? I wasn't stressed out watching this movie. It, like, it didn't get to me in that way. I think, yeah, Adam Sandler's character is kind of annoying to me. Like, I, I hated him, like, 10 minutes into the movie. And then I was like, okay, this guy, things are not going to go well for him or his family. And, uh, uh, yeah, I guess I ruined it for myself by thinking that. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel stressed out. I didn't think it was a roller coaster. Yeah, I was just, actually, I was kind of bored watching that movie. Really? I, like, I was, <laughs> I was literally, I'm not even joking when I say this. Like, I'm using the word literally as it's intended i was literally on the edge of my seat like i was crouched down in my seat because i was the movie has this kind of weird pace to where it's moving so fast and like there's all these different parts and it's stressful that i was literally like kind of hunched over like okay what's gonna happen but i guess (laughs) i didn't like him as a person in the movie either but i feel like some people hold that against the movie like if you don't like a character in a movie that doesn't mean it's a bad movie like if you don't like somebody I think that means they've done such a great job creating this type of person in a movie. That, yeah. that That's what it's supposed to do. Like, if you don't like them, it doesn't mean you don't like the movie. You just don't like that person. Yeah, if it gets a rise, if the character, like, gets a rise out of you like that, then, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's but, what it's uh, supposed to do. Yeah, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't my beef with the movie, though. I just, yeah, I just didn't, same thing before I went to go watch this. I heard all the hype, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, this is going to be cool. And yeah, halfway through, I was just mad impressed. All right, so you go overrated. I say not overrated. I say it's worth it, worth the roller coaster. Along, <laughs> along that same lines of last year, which was my favorite movie of last year, was Joker. And I think it kind of falls into that category of uncut gems of it being this kind of dynamic character. And there was a lot of buzz just with this movie even coming out, whether it be people having problems with the violence in the movie, people having a problem with Joaquin Phoenix playing Joker, or just overall, like, the themes that were kind of represented in this in this movie that people were like, do we really need a, mo- a movie that kind of glorifies violence right now? But I think all that together, if you can build that kind of hype going into a movie, like, that is what, like, a dream is for, like, a director or somebody putting out a movie like that to where people are already talking about it and in some cases, protesting this movie even before it comes out. Like, that's kind of hype that they would pay, like, incredible amounts of money. Like, that works even better than any kind of advertising. Like, that's the kind of hype you want. So anytime somebody plays a Joker, it's going to be overhyped because there's so much expectation that goes into doing that role that this movie almost had a built-in, like, people were going to already rip this one to shreds. But what did you think about Joker? I don't think Joker was overhyped. I think, uh, to me, the movie kind of played out more like a horror movie. And 
yeah, I just, the movie just kind of made me sad for Joker. And then, um, but yeah, it played out more like a horror movie. And even though it wasn't anything super groundbreaking, because it's pretty much the same plot as uh, uh, Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. If you've seen Taxi Driver, then, you know, it's kind of the same with Joker. But uh, no, that didn't, that didn't ruin it for me. Like, yeah, that movie scared me. It bummed me out. It surprised me. I thought yeah. that, I thought the hype was legit. Yeah, I felt this movie met every expectation of mine. Not only Joaquin Phoenix's performance of doing Joker, but I didn't feel like it was glorifying violence in any way. I think, and it wasn't even making any kind of social commentary, like people said. I think, like I recently watched this kind of behind the scenes of them making this movie with the director, with Todd Phillips. And he was like, we were just trying to make a movie about the Joker and finding out like how this person is, like what's inside of his brain. It had nothing to do really with them trying to make a comment on like violence and all this stuff in the world. Like they were just trying to dive into what happens to a person when they get pushed around so much and just turn and like how that process is and the repercussions that happen after that. And like a really cool thing they kind of, broke down was that scene where he's like dancing you know in that in that bathroom yeah because he's trying at that point to like they're like okay we're gonna make it to where he like freaks out and he's gonna go try to destroy this evidence of this gun that he just used but then they were like you know would he really even care to do that like he's just so messed up in his brain like he doesn't care if he gets caught like he doesn't care about hiding this evidence that's why they were like what if he just reacted to this music and just started dancing like how just (laughs) at that point it clicked for them like what the joker was going to be and then also that you're not even entirely sure that this is actually the origin story of the joker that we know in batman because the way the movie is told is just like his story of being in the in the hospital like he could just be a crazy person and reliving something that never even happened because that's kind of what the whole movie is right yeah I didn't think it was overhyped. I thought it was great. I think if you go into it thinking of it as like another kind of Batman like sequel or something like that, maybe you find it overhyped. But I think this movie could even not have the Joker name and still be a great movie and people would kind of judge it less. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I got to, same for me, whenever I go into movies, I got to stop like, making my own predictions and expecting things. Just go in and just watch the movie, you know, because you have the potential to overhype it and ruin it for yourself. All right, let's do one more movie here. And I want to just pick one Quentin Tarantino movie. And let's do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because that's his most recent one. Yeah. What do you think about that movie being overhyped? Because I think this was another one a lot of people thought was. No, I I didn't think this movie was overhyped at all. It was like the movie was like almost three hours, and eyes were glued to the screen the entire time. Like I didn't didn't even you know look at my phone or you know the dog barked. I didn't care. I was like, shut up, movie's on. The movie's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, that movie ruled. I uh, I didn't think that movie. I didn't hear any kind of overhype for that, but yeah, I don't. I thought it was awesome. I think with Quentin Tarantino movies. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he puts out a movie, and he's going to make you watch. Like, I think maybe it's the fact that he puts out three-hour-long movies to where, I don't know, people think they're too long. 
or people don't get some of the references or just like what he's trying to say in his movies is why people think like, okay, that wasn't that great, but yet it's nominated for best picture. I think that's where Quentin Tarantino kind of gets it. I don't think this is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie, but I really liked it. I think I like the fact that it really captured like that time that I don't really know a whole lot about, but it felt like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like he put one out in that day. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoyed like the whole because uh, it this was supposed to have taken place like in the sixties. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy like that era of Hollywood and um, uh, what's the name uh, Margot Robbie. I thought she was really cool in it. Like it was, I didn't think her performance was anything like super groundbreaking. And like I was kind of expecting like her because she plays uh, um, Sharon, what's her character Sharon Tate. Yeah, the famous actress who or up-and-coming actress who got murdered by the Manson family. Yeah, that's it. I, yeah, I forget her name, but she plays that character, and you're, like, kind of expecting, like, oh, okay, it's going to happen this way. And then, and, but instead it happens this way. And then this happens, and then this happens. And, yeah, it, I thought the movie was totally cool, and things happened that you didn't expect, and it was, I don't know, it was super awesome and entertaining. I agree. Who did you like better in the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt? Uh, Brad Pitt by far. Like yeah. I really enjoyed uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, performance. Even the like, I normally get bored in like you know thirty minutes of dialogue or whatever. But I was super intrigued by this movie for some reason. I don't know. I really liked it. Same. And um, yeah, I really liked Brad Pitt and uh, and his dog. Yeah, best part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I really ruled. Yeah, I would I would still recommend that one. If you were going to watch any of these that we've mentioned, I think that one's still worth it, even though it is a time commitment. But hey, sit down and break it up into two parts and you'll you'll enjoy it. Totally does not feel like a two and a half hour movie. All right. Well, this has been movies that have been dubbed overrated. Um, Rudy, thanks for joining me. It's been fun talking about these with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, dude. Um, one last story I want to bring up about you that I've mentioned on this podcast before, and I hope you don't mind the fact that I threw you under the bus, but you used to have this hack that you would use at movies to get free popcorn. What was that hack? (laughs) Yeah, I would, um, they work differently at different movie theaters, but, um, some of these chain movie theaters, AMC Cinemark. Uh, they'll have the, the large popcorn bucket, mm-hmm. the paper bucket, and they'll have the tag on them where you rip the tag off and you can go and get a refill. And I guess a lot of people don't rip off the little tag to go get their refill. And so I'll show up to the movie 20, 30 minutes early and just casually stroll by the tag stand. And uh, if I see a bucket in there with the tag still on it, I'll rip the tag off. Go get some free popcorn. Nice. <laughs> no shame in my game. Free popcorn. <laughs> I don't know if you could do that in the age of Corona, but back in the day, it worked 100% of the time. Yeah, I would definitely not do it now. But um, at the time, yeah, more. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, man. Thanks for hanging out. I'll talk to you soon. All right, later, man. Later, dude. All right, let's get into a movie review now, and it is October, so I'm looking to get into some Halloween movie reviews, anything in the horror genre, so I decided to start with this movie called Hashtag Alive. It actually dropped on Netflix last month, but I saved it for October to bring you guys some Halloween-themed movie reviews, if that's what you're looking to watch. 
I'm going to review some of the best new horror, just scary movies over the next few episodes. Starting with this one, which is a South Korean movie. And the last South Korean movie that I watched and loved was actually Parasite. And like that one, this is also all in subtitles. So we'll get into all that. But first, here's just a little bit of Hashtag Alive. Alright, so I don't think this is your typical zombie movie. And I know zombie movies were a little bit of a fad there in like the 2010s. And maybe like you guys, I got a little bit tired of them because they kind of had the same formula. So I saw this one getting some good reviews and getting some buzz. And it's a brand new zombie movie in 2020. So you have to think they do something a little bit different. And it's also a movie out of South Korea. And I think anytime something crosses over and makes it here to the United States, and this one came via Netflix, but I think that means it has a little something more to it that's going to kind of cut through. Like, you're not just going to get an average movie. It has to be so good that it's going to make it here and kind of resonate with people. So I knew there had to be something a little bit different about this movie going into it. And after watching it, I felt like, yeah, I kind of get it. So what it's basically about is this one like teenage dude who is just a gamer living in this apartment complex. And what I liked about it is right off the bat, it just kind of gets to the action. So it's this gamer kid living in an apartment complex and he's watching the news and hears about an epidemic spreading throughout where he's living. And he looks at his window and what he sees on the news is exactly what he sees happening outside of his window. So kind of the same zombie tactics. You have people running around, chomping on people's necks and their brains. That's kind of the same thing that you get in every kind of zombie movie. But what I found different about this one and what I enjoyed was they had some different kind of tactics to kind of show how this guy is just isolated in his apartment complex and the struggle to kind of just survive in that environment. And you wonder about things when, you know, in other zombie movies where they're running around and trying to find new food and stuff. Like, what if you just stayed in one place? Like, what would that be like? So... I thought that was interesting because I think that's a tactic that I would take. Like I wouldn't go searching and immediately start running unless my my place is in danger. I kind of feel like an apartment complex would have a little bit of a benefit of a, a way you could survive. One, because you're so far off the ground. I think he's like on the eighth floor in this movie. So you have a little bit of protection there of people getting up to you. And also you kind of maybe they don't know that you're inside of there because you're kind of barricading yourself in there. But it's him trying to find a way to keep himself sane and he goes I guess kind of insane pretty quickly because you know his running water goes out he doesn't have very many groceries and he's just trying to survive and they kind of sprinkle in the zombies kind of picking up that he is alone in this apartment and they kind of try to come get him and the other thing different about this movie is the zombies are just a little bit more I wouldn't say advanced at your normal zombie but they kind of had this cool kind of special effect to where they're kind of glitchy and a little more fast-paced and kind of more just vicious, which I thought was cool. They're not just your dumb, slow zombies that just kind of pile up on each other. They're kind of quick and kind of have a little bit of substance to them. But I don't want to ruin the movie. I do think overall, you do get a lot out of this movie. There is a little bit of humor. There's a lot of action. There's some cool kind of zombie kill scenes. And then even a little bit of a, not even an entirely straight-on love story. But just something that kind of ties that drama with suspense, with horror all into one, which I thought was pretty refreshing. Some of it was a little bit to watch because they're talking about this fast spreading disease and them trying to be rescued. It resonated a little bit with what's going on in the world this year. But other than that, if you're looking for a straight on zombie movie, I think it's a pretty good one if that's what you're into. 
Now, it is from South Korea, and the whole thing is in subtitles. But, like, again, I when I watched Parasite, I was, like, after about 10 minutes, I didn't really notice the subtitles anymore, and I was just so into the movie. And the same thing with this one, but maybe because it is an action and horror and that kind of genre where you're kind of focused on the action, and, and it's a lot easier to get into digest. You're not really trying to follow the dialogue all the time because you're more focused on the action. Yes, the storyline is important, but... The subtitles play a, like a little bit less of a role when watching a movie like this. And again, I didn't really notice them. Like I still take in everything and I still feel the same I do watching a regular movie. It's not me having to focus on reading it and it's not really anything lost there. Even with the way they kind of use social media in this movie, that's kind of the whole reason it's called hashtag alive. It's because, you know, he's trapped in his apartment and he makes this post on Instagram essentially to let people know that he is alive and he needs to be rescued. And I think like all those themes of like the cell phones and technology that he's using, it's stuff we all do. So it's nothing really going to be lost. So I felt like I was still connecting on that level. I don't think there's anything lost at the fact that this is a South Korean movie with actors. I don't know. Speaking a language, I don't know. I could still make me enjoy it. And it's also going to even make me want to, explore watching more South Korean movies. And after I watched this one, I posted it on my Instagram story and people were like, Oh, I also love that movie. But if you watch that, you should also watch a movie called train to Busan. I believe it's how you pronounce it, but it's a, another horror zombie movie to come out of South Korea that came out like in 2016. So I'll also give that one a shot because a lot of people recommended that one to me. But if you're looking for a good zombie movie, something scary you can watch on Netflix, I would say this one has everything you need. I give it four out of five zombie headshots. So there you go. I think the next horror movie I'm going to review is actually just a Halloween movie, uh, which comes out. It actually drops early on Netflix this week. Uh, it's Hubie Halloween with Adam Sandler. So look forward to that review next week. And I'll also just do some movie news right here because... Some pretty cool things happened this week. First of all, the best trailer I saw all of last week was the one for the new Borat movie. And it looks just as ridiculous as the first one. The weird part about this one is that he has to deal with the fact that Borat is already a known character. And when he's out in public dressed as Borat, he's getting people wanting to meet him and wanting to talk to him knowing who he is, which he didn't have that problem when he did the first one because everybody wasn't aware of what he was doing. But he had to do this one at the start of this pandemic this year. And the interesting thing was is that it's the first movie to be filmed entirely during this year, which is crazy to see. And not only that, but it's already coming out here at the end of October, like straight on Amazon, it'll be there. But here's just a little bit of the, the new Borat trailer first. I'm here to give my daughter as a gift to someone close to the throne. I have a baby inside me. Can you take it out? No, we cannot. That's not what we do here. I feel bad because I was the one who put the baby in her. Did you ever put one in your daughter? No, I did not. Where is everybody? They're wanting everybody to quarantine so they don't spread this virus. Could I stay in your home? I hope quarantine never mm -hmm. ends. So yeah, that's the trailer. The whole movie's coming out on October 23rd. And if you have Amazon Prime, you'll be able to watch it on there. It's not an extra download or extra stream cost. But it's basically the follow-up to Borat. And it's uh, Borat, he comes back to America. And now he's like trying to get his daughter to meet President Donald Trump. I think it's the whole kind of plot of the movie. Something like that is what I picked up from the trailer. Trying to get 
his daughter to somebody close to around the president and all the crazy things he had to do to get to that point. And even like sometimes filming this movie, he had to wear like a bulletproof vest because of the crazy situations he put himself in and messing with people. You never know what's going to happen. So the movie is called Borat subsequent movie film. That's what it's called. But I'm looking forward to this. I think the first one was just kind of took everybody by surprise of how dumb and ridiculous it was. And I'm excited to see what he would do, what is it, 16 years after making the original one. And also just the fact that this entire movie was filmed this year, I want to see how he pulled that off with a very minimal crew, which again, it's not like the first one had a crazy amount of like production or a big budget behind it, but I just want to see what that type of movie looks like. So that's the trailer I saw this week that I'm excited for. Another bit of movie news that I'm really excited for, which when I was on here, I did an episode talking about ranking all of the Spider-Man films. And the one I felt that didn't get the chance it deserved, and I really liked it, was when they did The Amazing Spider-Man 2, when they brought in Jamie Foxx as Electro, which I love Jamie Foxx. I think he's really great in the kind of superhero genre. When he did Project Power earlier this year, I was like, that, like that's where he should be. Like He fits so well in that role. And when they brought in this character of Electro, I was like, that's what I want to see. Like, that's such a great villain to have. But what they ended up doing with him in that movie, I felt like it was such a waste. Like, they made him blue, and his, like, actual character was, like, nerdy and obsessed with Spider-Man, which I don't think was what they should have done with that character. But Jamie Foxx actually uh, posted on his Instagram and confirmed that he is going to be in the movie, so it's no longer in the Sony spider-man with andrew garfield it's now the spider-man now with tom holland he also confirmed that electro will not be blue in this movie so we're not getting a new weird blue electro i actually think he's gonna be like a hardened criminal like the, like the actual electro should be which i think jamie fox could pull off so much better and make just so much more convincing and he posted this on instagram but since deleted the post because i think he just put up like some fan art and the weird thing about this fan art is you kind of see electro like in a big cloud with all this like electricity bolts coming out of them but in the foreground on top of like a building you see three spider-man is that the plural of spider-man is a spider-man anyway <laughs> but you see three of them it looks like one in the center maybe would be tom holland spider-man but to the right of him it kind of looks like miles morales from the spider-man into the spider-verse and then there's another spider-man standing next to him now i don't know if jamie fox just googled electro on his phone and found some cool fan art that he thought was cool or this was like a thing that marvel gave him for like some speculation art or something and he wasn't supposed to put it on Instagram. Like, I don't know where he got this picture, but it kind of sounds like they were like, hey, uh, you should probably take that down. So that's a since deleted post, but there's a screen grab up if you Google that. So I think that could be interesting. Maybe he revealed a plot line here of what the movie's going to be about. So I'm excited for that as well. All right, that is the episode for this week. Thanks everybody for listening. And thanks everybody for tweeting along and adding some movies to that list. Got to give my shout out of the week and I'm going over to Twitter for this one. So shout out to... At it's Ross Taylor, aka Ross, who I see tweeting a whole lot over there. And not only that, but he recommended this podcast to someone else within a tweet. So appreciate that because that's all you really have to do. Tell a friend who you also think may enjoy this movie podcast and be like, hey, I listen to this. Maybe you would enjoy it too. So thanks, Ross, for doing that on Twitter. Hope you guys have a good week. I'll talk to you next Monday. And until then, later. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. 
You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 